welcome to My Racist Friend, a podcast about the messy parts of relationships that help us grow together. I'm Amy McKees. And I'm Don Griffin, Jr. So, Don. Amy. <laughs> I have some ideas that okay. I want to talk about okay. today. all right. But first I wanted to check in and see how you're doing. Like, how you're feeling today and um, how the week's been. It's it's been it's been an interesting week. Um, we're trying to get back into this uh, farmers market. Um, there were several meetings that uh, that I've been a part of uh, with the community, and uh, you know you try to do things right. I think, mm-hmm. and you try to do the best things for the community and and for the most people that you can. And. Uh, I think it's a really hard job. It's a hard job to do that. I would hate to be in the position of being the mayor uh, or uh, on that staff trying to figure this out. What's best for the public? What's, uh, um, but how are you, you know, how do you stay in, in the parameters of the law? And even though there's things that you want to do and you can't, and you tell people why you can't, and they still want to know why you can't, <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, it, it gets kind of it gets kind of frustrating, you know. Well, that might be an interesting thing for us to touch on at some point is mm-hmm. the idea of working within the system, or of saying there are parts of our system that don't work anymore, and we have to change them. Sure, but that's a long-term thing. We've right. got to actually work on what we've got right now. You know, yeah. They, yeah, police, there's a lot of police that are bad. There, are, My dad was a police officer, so uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of police officers that are good, too. But is there police brutality? Is there, you know, is there a blue code? Yes, there, 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 there absolutely is. Uh, but... I don't think we can just say, let's just throw it all away. I think we have to work with what we have. That that makes me think, though, talking about the police and what we do with what we have, where we are right now, like today, Yeah. Um, of the movie His Girl Friday, which is this old movie with Cary Grant and Irene Dunn, and the the main idea that keeps getting repeated is production for use, hmm. which okay. is the idea that the guy in it shot someone because he had a gun and the gun was made to shoot someone. So that's his defense. Like it's okay that he shot someone because he had a gun and the gun was produced to shoot people. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it's, believe I'm it or like, not, a comedy. Yeah. Like a slapstick like comedy. That needs but... to be re, reissued or re, uh, revisited yeah. for our times. Gosh. <laughs> but I think of that like with our justice system too. We've got a lot of production for use issues. We've got a lot of prisons. We've got a lot of, you know, structures to, and I'm using air quotes, help people or to protect people. And we're not necessarily asking if they work. We're just using them because they were made to be used that way. Mm-hmm. That's worrisome. So I had a list of things today too. Okay, like I wanted to talk about self-care because this is such a long slog that we're doing here. I mean, and it's not new. You know, 
fighting against racism and isolation and inequities, this particular flare-up of tension of tension in Bloomington has been going on for a long time. And, and different people will tell you it started at different times. There are people who have been aware of the farmer's market situation and the white supremacists having a booth at the farmer's market for quite a bit longer than just these last couple months. This particular thing has gone from, you know, sort of ramping up the tension around it to um, three percenters walking through the market, which was really scary, um, to closing down the market. And now we're opening back up the market. I think the difference several, several weeks ago, it seemed like it was a local thing. But now it's a global thing. It's risen along with what's been going on at Garlic Fest and what was the other one? I mean, there's, God, there's been so many. El Paso. El Paso and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, gun violence and white supremacy. Uh, And it's kind of gone along, I mean, especially this last two weeks. Yes. And so it's like we're getting ready to open back up. And how does that play, you know? Is it is it still going on? And I think it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of scary. It to is find scary. Out what's going to happen this week when we open this up? And do we have you know, are, are we prepared? Are are the police prepared to keep people safe? People aren't talking about that right now. I want to know in a small community like this, where we, a lot of us know someone who works with the police Mm -hmm. or a lot of us know someone who has been caught up in the justice system. A lot of us know vendors and protesters. And, and, and one thing I've been worried about quite a bit is how do we, how do we keep the market safe? You know, like physically, like make sure no one, brings a gun and shoots someone, which actually we can't we because can't. you're allowed to bring yeah. guns into the market and Absolutely. there's nothing we can do about that. But how do we um, create a place where people feel safe as well? And we know that there are people who feel less safe when there's an increased police presence. Like, is there something, because we've talked about how great Bloomington is before, like mm-hmm. Bloomington's this great place. Is there something we can do? It sounds like we're struggling with being safe, the difference between being safe and also welcoming. They're well, almost two different things. Well, but also there's reason to believe that people of color are less safe around police, that black people are more likely to get shot. Am I, I'm not wrong on that. No, you're, you're, you're not wrong on that, but the, we got to remember the black people that are going to be at the farmers market if they are at the farmers market they're not they're they're not the target I, I think we have to remember that police are there so that the proud boys or the three percenters don't make a presence maybe there's people that are are, are scared of that but I would rather go to the farm I'd feel more comfortable going to the farmers market with police being there to protect my brown person than them not being there at all and having volunteers there while there are three percenters or Proud Boys in the 
they were last week, three, two weeks ago, they were the ones patrolling. Yes, that was scary. The three percenters were the ones patrolling with weapons. And flowers. And flowers. Do I want that? We can't stop that. But do we want them to be the only presence of, of force there? I, I don't I don't think so. And taking it away from the city, that's really that to me that's that's short sighted. I tell you what I've struggled with. Some of my views are not as far left as people are going to want to hear. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And that's, I don't know how to tackle that. I mean, especially when I have been brutalized by police. I know what it's like to actually have a police officer pull in behind me and run my plates and follow me Mm -hmm. a lot. And I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about, you know, 10 weeks ago. You, you know, I know how that feels. Um, I've been put on the hood of a police car and searched for no for no apparent to then tell 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 me that my light was out. That's it, happened to me before. That's that's happened to me. That's happened where uh, or or uh, for the police officer to ask my wife if she is there on her own accord. They ask if your wife is like. Is she kidnapped? Yeah, or, or, or whatever. Are you, are, you, are you hurt, ma'am? Are you, is there weapons in the car? He says there's no weapons in the car. She's like, this is my husband. I am with my hu- I am fine, and this is my husband. Like, why are you asking questions like this? And this is in a Mini Cooper. <laughs> Sorry. You know, like, I remember oh I think we were, coming for, we were coming from a function... It was on the far east side of town. We had just came from something really cool. They were giving, I think they were giving Gail Cook an award or someone else. It was someone's birthday, and I mean it was a nice Some kind event. Of fancy party, it, exactly, yeah. exactly. So it wasn't like we were dressed. Uh, we were going down Third Street where it curves, mm-hmm. headed west. I turned on my turn signal to get into switch into another lane. Mm-hmm. They pull me over down by the church or down by right in front of the post office. Two cars, two cars. One police officer gets, she's got a light. She's shining the light on my pat on my side. The other police officer has a flashlight and he's shining the light on the passenger side. My son's in the back, my wife's in front. And I have my hand in front of my face. And I'm like, can you please Put down i need you to put down the light she's i'm doing this for my own safety like okay this is a promising they get to the car they come back everything checks out why did you pull me over is what i ask mm-hmm. well you turned you switched over into another lane i said but i what? i had my turn signal on right so what seems to be the problem well when you got in the other lane, you were going around a corner. I said, because well, it, 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 it curves. The, the <laughs> road it, curves. If I didn't, I'd be in a field? Yeah, yeah, the road curves. And she said, yeah, it's just, it's not illegal. It's just not, it, 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 it's just not as safe. And I said, that's why you pulled me over? Really? Are you, are you kidding me right now? I mean, I didn't say this. I was just happy to get out of there. 
But I mean, just did they write you a ticket? No, they. That's the thing. There's never a ticket. They do that because there, there's never a ticket. They can pull you over, and and actually that's something that I've I've thought of. We need to uh, start that they do statistics on people getting incarcerated here locally, uh-huh. but they don't keep track of who gets pulled over. And okay. I'd love to see what that looks like because if they don't file, if they don't give you a ticket, there's really no record that you've been pulled over. There's really no record of you being profiled. Wow. And I know, like, so I know these things. I know these things happen. Yeah. And I, even knowing them, imagining it happening to you is worse. Like thinking that that's scary and you have your kid with you, that makes it scarier. It, it, it's emasculating in, in a lot of respects because here you do you you try to do all you know local things you give money you you support you do all these things you're hey I'm 40 something years old I'm almost 50 years old I've been in the business for 27 years I'm from here you'd think that that wouldn't happen luckily because of all those things you, they make they, they get on the thing the horn and they find out well he's okay or the dispatcher says uh, tell your dad hi <laughs> You know, because my dad was a police officer right. here in town. Yeah. So imagine if I didn't, if people didn't know me mm-hmm. or if people didn't know my dad. So there's other African-Americans that are, that do not have the privilege that I have. Mm-hmm. And they're treated differently. It, it, ta- it may take a different turn. Right. And you started this by worrying that you wouldn't be far enough left in your Meaning, solutions. I, I because maybe it's because my dad was a police officer, okay, mm-hmm. that I've seen good cops. I know what cops are, are like. I know that they're good people for the most part. I've seen the side of, I've seen that, that personal side of, of police officers. I know how my dad worked and I know how guys in his, you know, I, I know those guys. So, um, maybe I've seen it a different way, and I've been I've, I've been trained from an early age on how to respond to police officers, knowing what not to do and what not to say, and how to move and how not to move. Were you doing to, to all not... the right things when you got thrown on the hood of the car? Probably. That that was pro. That was I think me and my wife were just dating, and. Um, I don't even remember what the context was. But at the end of the day, it was, okay, I'm back in the car and all is well. Hmm. It's easy to imagine that you might come at it from a really anti-police place, but, but also then having the family connection... There's a lot, uh, honestly, there's a lot that on a daily basis, there's a lot that goes on if you mm-hmm. are aware of everything that's going on, whether it's sexism, whether it's racism, whether it's someone being treated differently because of their socioeconomic status. If mm-hmm. you are looking that, at that on a daily basis and you know that it's going on, it gets overwhelming. 
I try to look at that every day is another day that we can try to get better. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, but if I were to focus on all the negative shit that I have gone through in life, I could not be happy. I could not be successful. I could not go and do things. Do I go out? I do things so that then maybe I am in a position to try to make things better for that next person. And my son, or my or my grandson, or yeah. yours, or you know, yeah. And it and it makes sense to know that you can't wait until racism is solved to live a joyous life. You can't. It will never. You will never live a joy joyous life. You will never. So so you know, people get upset. They're, they 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 say things with with to a black person or a woman that when they're complaining about the system and how bad the system is and. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, oh, dude, they, you just need to pick up your, your stop complaining and get get to it. Like, mm-hmm. no, dude, there's a lot of shit that goes on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of shit that goes on, and you have got you've got to be highly blessed, okay, to put that stuff aside, all that stuff aside, and move forward. Yeah, that. It makes me think of this of this idea in relational cultural theory because I, I made our call for posters yesterday and mm-hmm. so I wrote a bunch of core concepts of RCT on this flyer and one of them is controlling images that we have these culturally mandated images of how things are supposed to be and those get in the way with us being able to have real connection and what I'm hearing in yours is, you know, we've got these controlling images about police and we've got controlling images about black men and we've got controlling images about like what's a good citizen and what's the good fight and what's too hmm. wimpy and like all of these rules that are getting in the way of, of authentic connection and authentic self. Yeah. Authentic self. Authentic connection, authentic self. You, If you are put in a box and you are told or shown how you should be, act, how you should act, it doesn't allow you to reach outside of that box and become somebody that's an individual. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, because someone else is defining who you who are. Who you are. I would... I don't know, like push back against the individual piece of it. I just, yeah, I don't know. I'll well, stop explain. There no, explain to me what you what you mean because you, I didn't, I interrupted you and didn't give you a chance well, to explain. But, but what I was saying is that these get in the way. the The controlling relational images get in the way of connection, and connection is where the real growth happens. When I think of authenticity, I also think you have to you have to be able to bring your authentic self fully into the relationship just like you were saying I sometimes steer away from that being like the goal of an authentic self because really I think an authentic self helps you have richer connections and more meaningful connections because if someone sees who you really are and not this controlling image of you or their own controlling it you know their own junk gets in the way then it just feels 
like I think that's one of the best moments of being human when someone really sees all of you and that's what I that's the authentic connection that that I'm talking about okay but what what we're talking about also gets back to the idea of self-care and this is something that's coming up in Bloomington a lot because this is just going on and on and on and it's clear that there's not going to be a quick and easy answer you know the city is not going to kick them out they you know can't. I think that's not going to happen yeah can't. they can't kick them out and the protesters are not going to go away but I don't think they should right I don't I don't actually think the city wants them to go away they, the city doesn't want them to go the, go away because the city is about I mean that's who Bloomington is Mm-hmm. Bloomington is is a community that raises their voice to intolerance. That's where that's who we're supposed to be. We fall short a lot, but this is who we we're supposed to be. So no, I, I I think if the city could 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 do it, they would. You know what? I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they wouldn't kick them out. It's hard to say. Maybe, but they should. I mean, so so that's what I'm struggling with. That that me as a person of color and and the friends that I have and the family members that I have, and the hurt that I see, um, of people on on the side who want them out. There are clients and friends of mine who are vendors who are mm-hmm. people of color who have to work with these people side by side, and they feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah. And they are being targeted by the right yes. right now. Uh-huh. They're being targeted. They're they're getting on their website and and giving them glowing <laughs> glowing uh endorsements. Right. And that was actually on my list of things to talk about today uh-huh. was the the friendly way that they wage their propaganda campaigns. They are doing they are doing an excellent job, let's put it that way, in the yes. sense that they know the law before they ever come out. This is well thought out, and it is a systematic way of doing it. They, they're doing this all over the country, and they know the law. They know how to stay within the law. They know their gun rights. They know their, 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 their Second Amendment, their First they, they know They know all that. They know what to do. And they know people. Like they, I found an article this morning that had like a flow chart for them for if they're trying to convince someone to come to their side. And it has like a litmus test. At one point you mentioned so-and-so, and and if they don't like that particular talking head, Mm -hmm. then you walk it back a little bit and it says, let them stew in it for a few weeks and then return to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so they, they, they groom, they groom, they take pictures of themselves cleaning up the park like picking up litter and share that to be like to paint anyone who is opposed to them into a corner of like shrill unreasonableness. Mm-hmm. You're intolerant. I'm not intolerant. Right. Look, I pick up trash. Yes. I can't be intolerant. What's wrong with identify being uh, happy with who you are? You're happy with who you are, aren't you? Why can't I have white pride? <laughs> <laughs> No such thing as white pride. You can have German pride. You can have Italian pride. I think that's all great. But yep. there's the identifying as, you know, I don't know. And that's where the power, that's where the power comes in, too. Like, you can't have reverse racism. Mm-hmm. You can't have reverse sexism. Because inherent to both of those things is a power differential. 
and is a use of that power to marginalize or to oppress. Do you know how many people that are, that are even listening to us right now do not understand that? That will accuse you of being racist, maybe? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, which is... <laughs> Reverse which, racism. Re- refer- Did you see uh, today where they... Israel has decided not to let in... Uh, um, who are they not letting in? Israel bars Omar and Talab from in- entering country. Oh my lord, really? Yes. That feels like a diplomatic, like an aggressive diplomatic move. It is. It is. Uh, Donald Trump said that they were, he said that they were, they hated Israel and they hated Jews. And so they shouldn't, you, you guys should not let, it would be a sign of weakness if you let them into your country. Can you believe that shit? Wow. We have a president that just... I mean, can you believe right, that? Right, and that's what he has effectively done with them is paint them into this unreasonable corner. So he's like, they're the ones that are unreasonable. They're the ones that hate. And I think that's one of the places we need to be cautious and aware in this particular long slog is that the identitarians do the same thing. They are working hard to paint anyone who doesn't want them at the farmer's market as aggressive leftists when really they might just be people who don't want white supremacists at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I don't I don't think we do. Unfortunately, there are so many others that are not even out that right. are at the farmer's market. So then what do you do when you start when you you start with them? Who how do you stop? But the self-care, I'm going to keep coming back to that what, because, Okay, so what is what is explain self-care cuz the, the whole time you're talking about self-care, I'm thinking, you know, I moisturize, you know, <laughs> I clip my toenails. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, that's that's self-care. <laughs> But I think you're talking about something. Are you talking about mental health? <laughs> I'm t- uh, giving yourself a facial could be a part of it <laughs> okay, if okay. that's your jam. Okay. There's this idea that if you step forward with some movement that suddenly you're like responsible for the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, so I think in some cases what's happening is there's a few people that are having to do a whole lot of work here in town. And it's looking like, you know, they think, oh, it's this group of people, but it's a small group and they work really hard and they take these hits all day long and they need to recharge. And the way that the way that you engage in self-care is through relationship, like relationships heal you. And that doesn't mean that you don't also need solitary time to to recharge. I'm definitely someone who wants like my complete alone time but that's different than being like cut off alone it's okay so you're so i think i was telling you earlier that i've got friends on just every side of this Mm -hmm. there's good people on both sides i don't i don't mean it that way that's not what i meant (laughs) And, and, and and when i say when i say um I've got friends on both sides, not with the Nazis or identitarians. Right. No, right, I mean yeah. people who are trying to come up with a solution for this, and they're on opposite sides on what that solution would be. Yes, they all want the farmers market to be white supremacist free. Yes, but then there's 
there there there's my folks who feel that the farmers market was was never inclusive enough and that we need to make gains in doing that and the farmers market is actually just a it represents bloomington who says that it's mm-hmm. all this and inclusive but it doesn't do enough right. for those that do not have the 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 means or are not the right color mm-hmm. like it, it, we, there's a lot of lip service here that we like to pretend like we are this liberal hubbub but when it when it you know and, and have a few black people for photo ops uh but other than that it's it's not what it needs to be mm-hmm. and and in in a sense they are i think they have their point and they are actually right on that right I think but so. then there's there's the other folks who who are trying who really do see bloomington in that light but they know that it needs this is hard and one of the things that you said to me before we went in front of the microphone was you were talking about the people taking the hits for this aren't just the, the obvious people. You know, like the mayor definitely gets his share of swipes and upset. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about people that work for the city that have to make some of these decisions. Like they need to recharge and they need to, they need some self-care. And, and we need, I think as a community, it's not... Really, maybe I'm going to ban the word self-care because that's not really what I mean. I mean, how do we care for each other as a community in the middle of this mess? Like, well, how, how do, do we take when care of each when, other? When, we're, when there's so many name-calling and it's getting, it's getting vicious, man. But I, I understand. I mean, this is, right. this is a life-or-death situation. It kind of is. It is. Because uh, there's a lot of danger. There's a lot of danger in going back into that market but it's also something that needs to be done we can't let the we can't let these assholes get away with pushing out who we are that's the thing bloomington is a target you have to uh, people need to understand bloomington uh, we, we are in this sea of just nastiness you you're know, talking about like surrounding white supremacists and and then bloomington right type. in right yeah. in the middle of this and and they hate Bloomington. We're we're in um in the middle of the yeah. area, and Bloomington is is the place that this utopian society, comparatively uh-huh. speaking, right. yeah, we've got yeah. our problems. But my God, <laughs> I will not. Like, there, I'm, I'm, there's not a place that I would live two hundred miles radius here. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is it. Yeah. It, but they would like to tear that whole vision of us down. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to let them. You know, I, we can't let them do that. And it's hard. I, I keep trying to bring us back to how do we care for each other? And then you were talking about how there's so much name calling and that's definitely happening. And that makes it harder to take care of each other. Like, how do we how do we care for each other in the middle of this? And some of the ideas that we've that we've tried to put into action here at the BCC are listening for understanding, you know, like giving people a chance to to share their experience and with our goal being just listening in order to understand their experience not in order to persuade them to believe something different or to educate them on how they might be wrong or to celebrate that they Hmm. won the big jeopardy prize of getting it right but but just listening to understand no matter no matter who it is and maybe that's what we're missing right now people are talking 
but they talk and they want to win. And sometimes there is no winning. Yeah. I want to hear you. I do want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. And I want you to understand, but there may you may not you may not get your way. Right. You understand what I'm saying? You just, it just may not happen. It doesn't mean I don't care. It just means that that doesn't mean you hate me because you didn't get your way. Right. And I think finding ways to set that parameter is to say, I am really, I just want to understand. This particular listening time is because I want to understand. And maybe we can change it in the future. Now, I'm, I'm talking about... I guess I'm right now. I'm talking about the the farmers, the the, the farmers mm-hmm. market thing. Yes, this could think... be applied for so much. So many feelings get hurt when the they don't get their way and they don't understand. E- even when there's a compromise, mm-hmm. it's still we hate this person for this decision that was that was made. And if you support this person, then you are hateful. You're too. hateful too. And it's, and we're talking about people that should like each other because it's funny i think i think for the most part i i i like everybody or, i think all of us worked on the liz watson campaign no no uh-uh well i'm seeing lots of people on both sides of but this you particular are but you are right you're, you're, that yeah. that i sat with and made phone calls with oh at the liz well okay yeah that's, that's you probably yeah there's but i i'm thinking of my friends there's some of them that did not Right. And even though I you did. Have, I think you actually have a broader swath of friends <laughs> than I do. Are you going to go to the market Absolutely. on Saturday? Absolutely. Here's the thing. Are you going to bring your son? No. No, 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 no. Any brown person there, you, I think we all have to understand that, that any person of color there is a target. They really are. I don't know if I told you this last time, but... Those guys, you know, the guys that I was saying, uh, you know, what was I telling them to do? Like You were harassing them every time that you were asking them if they wanted a bag or if they'd bought some vegetables. Or do they want some water or they, where they're from? Maybe they're hot. Yeah, yeah. What, why aren't you buying anything? And these were the three percenters that were, that looked like, I mean, they looked like sore thumbs. I mean, they're, so there ended up being 12 of them. I counted eight, but apparently there were four more. Uh, that last is this group of three. They followed me to my car. When, so when can I left. we say that you're yeah. not going to go to your car alone this weekend? Could that oh, be I'm a thing? I'm still going to go to my car. I'm not scared of those right. motherfuckers. No, you go to your car, but can you go with a Excuse friend? My language. Like, could we could we have a thing where when you go to your car, one of your friends is walking with you to your car? I'm I'm fine. You know what? I, I'm just saying. It, it, you know, uh, I put myself out there for a reason. I know. So that other people won't fear because the more people that we have that 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 are out there that are like us you know there's power in numbers and uh, i'm not this is my town you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and you're not going to come in here and 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 take it over it's just not going to happen yeah um but i i knew that that could be an issue so i know that but if there are other mostly women that are that are protesting of color. It is a lot of women doing the yeah. protesting for and sure. And then, uh, there, and then there there are some uh, there are, are some vendors of color mm-hmm. who who are out there. But they if if something goes down, 
if something goes down, they're going to be the they're going to be the ones that are that are targeted. Not not just the people in the in the farmers market. You've got these crazies coming into town, maybe because of the farmers market, but on their way out, there's the Baptist church, or let's let's uh, let's go by that Korean church that where we killed that last guy. So how do you then have this conversation right now and have dinner later like with regular conversation because to me this feels like i can't like like i a i don't want to let you out of my sight for, no. for one thing but you can't sustain like i know how the human body works that it, it can't sustain this level of fear indefinitely but i don't fear okay i can't necessarily i can't fear I can't stop my life because of, of the possibilities that something like that could, that something will, could happen. I just have to hope that it doesn't. I, I have to be cosmic. I have to look at my surroundings. Mm -hmm. I do, but my gosh. I mean, I drive a yellow Porsche. Come on, Amy. <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just, I'm not going hiding anywhere. Oh, the things that I'm not saying right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, if I don't do it, then it doesn't give the next person the the wherewithal to do it. I mean, I, I, I want my son to see that I don't fear. Or so, that even if I do fear, I don't show it. And I, and I, and I, and I continue to do what I want to do. Because so, I want him to be able to do the same thing. I just want to say, so that it is spoken that this is work that you do. Like, so what this means is that showing up to work, living your life, going to the farmer's market, which is someplace you want to go, is also labor that you're doing. It's like in the feminist therapy literature, we talk about emotional heavy lifting that, that women have to do, like the knowing which kid is going to freak out because the cheese is lumpy and knowing what the doctor's phone number is and, and what the favorite clothes are and all the unspoken invisible work of that i what what i'm seeing is how much invisible heavy lifting you have to do as a black man in southern indiana who wants to be successful you do a lot of that and i want to i guess i'll thank you for well you don't have to thank that. me because there's a lot of there there there's a lot of I, it it's i think it's who i want to be and it's okay. You you know what yeah. I mean? I realize if I can inspire someone, okay, real quick, okay, and this is so <laughs> silly. This is so silly, okay? So, you know, I've driven my Mini Coopers forever. Uh-huh. Okay, and I love the Mini Coopers. And, and I, drove, I, I drive them because they're friendly in a, in a place like Southern Indiana. Uh-huh. You can't, as a black man, especially when I was younger, you can't go all out or it looks bad it would look okay. bad I, you know I, when i was younger i would drive a, a really nice like i'd have a jaguar one day and then i'd have a i'd have a bmw another day and then I'd have a mercedes the other all all at the same time though mind you just oh, Lord. i mean that's what happens when you're young and you make or make too much money yeah. right you do silly things but i realized that it would i realized i got a volvo 240 like a 1990 Volvo 240 station wagon. Uh -huh. And I realized, oh my God, I'm making more money 
when I drive this Volvo 240 uh -huh. than I do when I was driving any of these fancy cars, you yeah. know? And so, uh, and so I realized like, aha, you're a black man or black young man. You shouldn't, you drive in these things. <laughs> and I would get little comments from people about, oh, the Mini Cooper was just like this sweet spot because I love cars. I love to drive. Uh-huh. And it appealed to different, it appealed to all de demographics, whether they were rich, whether they were poor. No one asked me, no one got on my case because it was a foreign car anymore. It was just a cute little thing. Yeah. And so I stuck with it. And so, but I always wanted a Porsche. I did. I always wanted a Porsche. And I love yellow cars. And this one came up. But man, it took me three weeks to actually drive that Porsche in the daytime. Really? It took me three weeks to get up the courage to do that. I did it for, I, I tried the weekend for a little bit, and uh -huh. then I would try, because I was scared about how it was going to affect how people looked at me, whether oh they were going to look at me as a drug dealer or or what. Oh, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, you know, yeah. I mean, honestly, this is Southern Indiana, so you have to worry about that. But but one day, I was, I was driving, and there was these black kids on the corner, uh -huh. right? And the guy said, the little kid, he says, what do you do, man? He's like, that's a cool car. What do you do, man? I said, I'm a real estate agent. He goes, oh, my God, I'm going to be a real estate agent. Yes, he is. And he said, that's a bad car. They're like, yeah. And they gave me the thumbs up. And I was like, oh, my God. I have to drive this thing. I have to be that. I have to be that person so that they can see that they can do this too. You, you know what I yeah. mean? So I realized like, yeah, I love the car. Don't get me wrong. But me getting in that, if, if a black child sees that, or even a, even a white kid sees that, mm -hmm. you, you understand that challenges, what I'm saying? They've got the, that, that's controlling images too. That's, getting in the way. I mean, that's that's who I am. That's that's who I need to be. And, and if that, not me, who who you know? I go into some weird some places where they've never seen a black person before. There is some, and we've talked about this. There yeah. it, there is some ignorance there to begin with, and it may be after I leave, but they are a lot less ignorant after I leave. So it's, that's this is why you go to the farmers market. This is why you drive the car. Part of who you are and your gift, really. I wouldn't say gift, what? but thank you. But no, I, I don't. I'm not too. Don't toot me. Don't toot my don't toot horn. Your... <laughs> don't toot. You know. No, I want. I want. I think I also want to experience everything that's out here. I want to absorb it all. I want to. I'm from Southern Indiana. I'm from Bloomington, and there are things out there that. I want to experience mm -hmm. that I know some people are scared to experience because they don't think that they're going to be accepted. I mean, I love cars. I don't know why I've never been to the Bloomington Speedway. I know why I've never been to the Bloomington Speedway, but I need to stop that and I need to go to the freaking Bloomington Speedway. If you're not out there experiencing everything that's here, then you're missing out. This episode of My Racist Friend is a production of the Bloomington Center for Connection, an organization using relational cultural theory to promote social change through connection. This conversation between Don Griffin Jr. and Amy McKeese, LCSW, was recorded on Thursday, August 15, 2019.
and edited for this podcast by Kevin McKees. Theme music lovingly sampled from Your Racist Friend by They Might Be Giants. Join the BCC on September 19th through the 22nd for the second annual Relational Summit, Learning Together, hosted here in Bloomington, Indiana. For more details, follow the Bloomington Center for Connection on Facebook and other social media platforms. We get questions from people who listen to the podcast, and we go ahead and answer some of those questions. And in order to do that, you have to ask on air. On For people recording. to ask questions. We can do that. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Join the conversation. We'll even bring your name into it. Or not. Or not. Or not. Or we'll, I bet Kevin could do a thing with their voice and make it like, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's